Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Welcome to a day of prayer. We are excited to be here with you. Mm-hmm. Well, with the Lord first and foremost, but also with you mm-hmm. in this this place and being able to to share with you what He has been laying on our hearts as of recently. So, but uh, before we get into that, let's first bow our heads for a moment of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. Because you are God and we are your people. Yes, you are. You have allowed us to boldly come before your throne. And that you have sent your Holy Spirit to teach us, Mm. to lead us, and guide us in all truth, wisdom, and knowledge, which is you, which is your word. And we thank you. Thank you. We thank you for what you have taught us, what you've revealed to us. And what you are going to reveal to us and speak to us through this this word, yes. your word. Thank you. We ask that you open our eyes, our ears, and our hearts, that we may be able to receive the word yes. and move forward in our lives, but our lives in you. Yes, Lord Jesus. We thank you and we give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise. Bless your name, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, we want to recap and kind of bring you guys up to speed on what the Holy Spirit's been speaking to us about. So towards the end of 2020, the Holy Spirit began to give us um, a word that was kind of different, if you will, and a surprise to us. But it made us recognize how the Lord was in, intending the, the place for his people to remain and to continue. One of the things that he said to us was, about letting his aroma and his fragrance permeate our homes and our lives forever. And it kind of took us out of the place of thinking of, you know, a New Year's resolution um, where it's a temporary thing. And then he moved us into talking about growing our love for him so that way we're able to stand in hard testing and trials. And all of that's kind of coming together as the Holy Spirit leads us in the the topics that he's talking about. We'll be sharing with you today because it all goes together. So if you hadn't had time, go to our website, adayofprayer.org, and click on the tab that says blog, and you can catch up and um, read the post for 2020 and also take a look at the posts that we've, we've put there so far to catch up with where we are today. Absolutely. So today, we want to discuss what we're being led to discuss with you, obedience. Mm -hmm. Because obedience to the Lord is is key. It is required in the life of a believer. So if everyone could please turn with me to John 4. We're going to focus on verses 32 through 34. And if you're there, you're, you're probably saying, okay, this is the story of the woman at the well. And you are correct. This whole story is very interesting and in how it plays out. We see at the beginning, the Lord is being sent to Galilee. 
And he stops by this well, Jacob's well. And in it, he meets this, this woman. Now the disciples have left. They are out gathering food in the village. And the Lord is there ministering to this woman as his father has, through, his, through the Holy Spirit, has told him to go to Galilee. So he's on the way there, and he ministers to this woman. And she is used mightily of the Lord to bring out the entire village to see Jesus, to see Christ, the Messiah. Now his disciples also return and are in the midst of this, this ministry that Jesus is doing, are prompting him to eat. And this is where we'll pick up in verse 32. Jesus, he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples were saying to one another, no one brought him anything to eat, did he? Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Now it's very interesting, that whole exchange. Jesus says his secret food is to do his father's will. It should come as no surprise. Because if we look even at the Old Testament in Psalms 46 through 8, that exact mindset is given of or spoken of Christ. Where it says, sacrifice and meal offering you have not desired. My ears you have opened. Burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. Then I said, behold, I come in the scroll of the book. It is written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. And when we look at that, those two scriptures, what stands out is the Lord Jesus, his driving force, if you will, was to be 100% completely obedient and pleasing to his heavenly Father. And it is... Jesus is our pattern example. It is the standard for all of us. Obedience. We all must have this same driving force within ourselves. And when we look at the situation in John 4 he, at the, with the woman at the well, this is in spite of not having food or what we would refer to as the basic necessities. Food, clothing, water, shelter. None of those things mattered. His situation that he faced in the natural that was going on around him was not as important to him as accomplishing everything the father had told him to accomplish, was leading him to do through the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm sure we've all had these experiences in our lives, maybe not in a spiritual sense, where we end up doing something, whatever it is, sports or some activity that we find great joy, great pleasure in doing. And as a result, time seems to go by so quickly. We're, we're unaware of how many hours we spent doing it. It's just off of the fun, the joy, the, the drive that we have to, to do this thing and to do it well. It's not work anymore. It is, it is fun. It is, it is exciting. You can see the same situation brought out here where all of a sudden regardless of the amount of time regardless of the things that we didn't have we didn't experience food or water or whatever we never felt that we had a need 
for it or to go get it, that we needed to pause or take a break. And this is it's just, it's in the natural with us, but a small glimpse of what is happening here with Jesus, being obedient and carrying forth the command that the Father had given him. It shows his mindset about it. You know, two words that are interesting to me in John chapter 4 and Psalms 40, the word food in John chapter 4 and the word delight in Psalms. So it's as though the seriousness, the what it provided to Jesus, the sustainment that he got from following and carrying out the will of the Heavenly Father was literally that you know we think of food we need three meals a day for them for the most part at least two <laughs> you know for our mood and our temperament to be in in boundaries and pleasant if you will we need it to have strength we need it to be able to endure the day the work that we have to go and do and the fact that he said doing the will of the lord was what gave him that fulfillment what gave him that strength to go on what gave him the satisfaction that he needed. It helped him keep his mood in alignment. You know how sometimes when we're fasting, we get a little bit rough with the <laughs> Let the Lord work that out of us. Exactly. But he also, in Psalms 40, called it his delight. That meant great pleasure, something that put a smile on his face, and his heart was light about it and looked forward to it, longed to do it, and enjoyed it. Those are words that stand out to me and are significant in how our Lord and Savior feels and considers doing the will of the Father, which is being obedient. that That's his sustainment, his sustenance, mm-hmm. as well as his joy. Exactly. And Paul talks about this exact thing in Hebrews 10, 5 through 10. He references what is said in Psalms, and we'll reread that and then continue. It says, Therefore he comes into the world. When he comes into the world, he says, Sacrifice and burnt offering you have not desired, but a body you have prepared for me. In whole burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you have taken no pleasure. And then I said, Behold, I have come. In the scroll of the book it is written of me to do your will, O God. And after saying above, Sacrifices and offerings and whole burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin you have not desired, nor have you taken pleasure in them, which are according to the law. Then he said, Behold, I have come to do your will. He takes away the first order to establish the second. By this will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Now, when we look at that, it's very interesting because he's talking about the law, which refers to the Torah, the Pentateuch, the laws of Moses, the first five books of the Bible. And in there, if you study that out, there are many laws given, excuse me, in Leviticus and, and so on and so forth throughout all those books. But what he is referring to, Paul, in his writing here, is referring to is about the obedience. Jesus, we were sanctified through Jesus' obedience. Mm -hmm. Through his obedience to the Father, he fulfilled the law, right? And he says that, I didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it, which could only be done through obedience. So in that, the law is about learning obedience. It's not as a means of control or of punishment, but to help us learn obedience. And we know this because God, the Lord, showed mercy to the children of Israel time after time, even in the midst of their disobedience. 
it was always, he always gave grace, allowed them to come back, allowed them the opportunity to come back under his good graces, his mercy, his protection, and everything else that's found in the Father. So what you're saying is that the, the Father, the Lord didn't hand the law to Moses as a means to control the people. And I know that some people feel that as an argument as to why they resist God. Well, you're just trying to control me, Lord, or you want to make a, me a robot. And God never had any intentions of that. Um, and it's Absolutely. not the law is not a means to punish them. On the contrary, we see the, the pattern that God showed continually is that mercy is what he desired. And Jesus even told them that um, the Pharisees, when they questioned him about things that you don't understand, if you if you knew, you would know that the father desired mercy. Absolutely. Let's think of it. I mean, two examples we can go into. The first is with children, our, our own children, or think back, if you don't have children, to when you were a child, mm-hmm. when we were obedient to our parents. It showed our love for them, Absolutely. our trust in them, our faith. Mm-hmm. But then it also, when we were disobedient, what was it? It was something was lacking, whether it was an amount of love or trust or whatever it was, our own self it showed Will, right? It showed a disregard, sure. a disrespect for our parents. And mm-hmm. there were, of course, uh, I know I received plenty, punishments that were disciplined. So did discipline discipline is, is a better way to phrase it. That was given as a result. But why? It was only so I would learn obedience. Let's look at it. Uh, second example, the military. Every military person, soldier, sailor, airman, marine, each one of these people in these branches of service have a free will, which the Lord has also given us. However, they cannot just go wherever they want to go. They cannot say whatever they want to say when they want to say it. And they can't just do whatever they want to do when they want to do it. There are detailed, delineated instructions that must be followed to keep in order and discipline. And that is the exact same, and, and these are as adults, it's the exact same thing that the Lord is, is teaching us. It's not about control so much as it, about, as it is about obedience. And this, or obedience, must be maintained in order for the body, or in this case, this example, the armed forces, to function. Absolutely. And, and be effective in what they're doing. It can't be 20 different standards for a unit, as in, this person can get away with this, but you are not allowed to, but this other person can do this. And where is, uh, I'll say, the standard in that? Consistency. Consistency, exactly. Sure. God is not a respecter of persons, so what he requires from, for one, on the, the general, the basics, what he requires from one, he requires from all. Just like Jesus came and kept all of the law, he didn't disregard anything that was a part of it. And in that, he also kept the spiritual laws of God that, they may not have known about. He kept every jot and tittle of the laws of God. Absolutely. And, you know, you made a statement. God gave us a free will because he wants us to choose. That's his desire. Mm-hmm. He created us in his image and his likeness, and he gave us the ability to choose because he wants us to choose him. He wants to be our choice. He wants to be, he wants himself to be our delight. He wants us to take pleasure in him, just like he takes pleasure in us. Absolutely. 
But at the core, it's always about learning obedience and learning obedience so that we would be able to walk with the Lord Mm -hmm. just like Jesus and just like countless others in the Bible, right? We heard of Enoch and he walked with God. Mm -hmm. And we can even go back to the garden where it said Adam walked with the Lord in the cool of the day. But let's get back to where we're talking about the law. We talked about the law was always to learn obedience to the Lord. We can go all the way again, like we just said, back to the garden with Adam. Adam was given a task. You or I might call that exact thing a law or a commandment. And his task was this, or his commandment was this. Don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mm-hmm. Now, if he and his wife, woman, later to be called Eve under the, the curse, if they had of remained in obedience to the Lord they would have been in fellowship with God for eternity. Absolutely. However, their disobedience led to their being eternally separated from the Lord. Mm-hmm. And in saying that, we look at obedience versus disobedience. We tend to, uh, in society, tend to have this, we tend to downplay it. Where it's like, okay, well, yeah, so we didn't follow all the instructions to the letter, if you will. And, and I don't, again, I don't mean the letter of the law, but we didn't follow all the instructions as they were given and meant for us to, to accomplish. We, like I said, we downplay it. That's no big deal. But to the Lord, it makes all the difference in the world. And we need to come into his perspective, view disobedience through his mindset so that way we can understand have a better understanding of his nature of his character and why obedience is so important to the lord and should be to us so if we look back at the garden it is easy to see that adam and woman thought if we eat this fruit it won't make that big of a deal to god it's a small thing right it's just a small thing it's just an uh, a piece of fruit right that's the extent of it What's the big deal? But as we see it played out, it made all the difference to the Lord. And there's other examples. We can look, at, if you will, in 1 Samuel chapter 15. Now, you can read the entire chapter on your own, but we're going to focus here, starting in verse 17. And in it, Samuel says, oh, we'll give you a little background first. So King Saul was sent to go conduct battle with the Amalekites. He was sent on a mission by the Lord, one to, to free the people, but also you could argue it is a test of his obedience. And we're going to read on, on how things went. And it wasn't well because the Lord sent his prophet Samuel to, to Saul to help, help bring him, or well, provide correction, but attempt to bring him back into alignment, if you will. So verse 17, Samuel said, Is it not true, though you were little in your own eyes, You were made the head of the tribes of Israel, and the Lord anointed you king over Israel. And the Lord sent you on a mission and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are exterminated. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord, but rushed upon the spoil and did what was evil in the sight of the Lord? Then Saul said to Samuel, I did obey the voice of the Lord. And I went on a mission on which the Lord commanded me and have brought back Agag, the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. 
But the people took some of the spoil, sheep and oxen, the choicest of the things devoted to destruction, to sacrifice to the Lord your God at Gilgal. And Samuel says, Has the Lord as much delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of divination, and insubordination is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. Then Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned. I have indeed transgressed the command of the Lord and your words, because I feared the people and listened to their voice. As we read over this, there's a couple of things we want to walk through with you. Like as we just said, the Lord had given instructions through his prophet Samuel to King Saul to follow. And as we see clearly here, King Saul did not. He was disobedient. Mm -hmm. He initially attempts to defend himself and saying he was obedient and blames what happened on the people. But the Lord addresses that. And ultimately, he then, Saul, King Saul is, understands that he was disobedient and realizes and acknowledges that before the Lord, even though he had blamed on the people. But I bring this up for this question. How many times in our own lives have we not done something the Lord told us, whether it was face-to-face, we sensed it, and he told us in our hearts, through a dream, through a vision, however the Lord communicated with you. How many times has that happened and we haven't done it? Because ultimately of fear, at the core it's fear, whether we want to call fear the people, peer pressure, whatever, it's fear, fear of how we may be viewed. This may look kind of weird, I don't, whatever it is, fear is at the core of that. How many times have we not been obedient to the Lord as a result of fear? So that's the first thing I want to bring out. The second thing I want to bring out is this. We talked about getting the Lord's perspective on disobedience. And in verse 23, very plainly is it stated, For rebellion is as the sin of divination, and insubordination is as iniquity and idolatry. Divination is just another way to say witchcraft. Mm-hmm. And idolatry is serving other gods. This show, clearly shows the Lord's perspective on disobedience. It's not just a small thing. It's not, oh, it's not, it's no big deal. You know, things that we say all the time, oh, it's no big deal. It's just a small thing. No, don't worry about that. Sure. Oh, that little guy? Yeah, don't worry about him. <laughs> sure. Right, but, but no, the Lord views it very seriously. Sure. The New Testament says that whoever you yield your members to, that your physical body, whoever you you do what they're saying, that's who you serve. Whoever you yield yourself to in order to heed the command or the, the desire or the draw, that's who you live for. That's who your, your God is. That's who you're a servant to. And God wants us to be a servant to him only. To him only, yes. There was, um, I also wanted to talk about partial obedience 
is disobedience. Absolutely. Because that's what Saul did here. I did obey. I mean, I did two out of the three things or five out of ten, but I didn't do all that you said or exactly as you said, Lord. Partial obedience is not the same thing as obedience. It is disobedience. Do all that God requires, all that he asked of you, because he has a reason that he gave all of those specific steps and instructions. They're important and they matter. Whether we can understand or perceive the reason at the moment is it doesn't really matter. It matters that God said, I, I said to do this because I see the reason for it. I as in God sees the reason for it. And he knows all that it will accomplish and why it matters to him. Also, and, and that's the exact same thing we were discussing with the example of our, our children. Mm-hmm. When we either we were disciplined as children or we discipline our own children based on the age, maturity level, all these mm-hmm. various facts and aspects of life, they may or we may or may not have had the full knowledge or understanding of why things needed to be done in a certain way. Absolutely. Which steps and, and, you know, what exactly, why we needed to follow these things exactly as the person, our parents, whoever was in authority described to us. But ultimately it didn't matter. They were looking for us to follow that exactly as it was given and to ensure that it was done. I have my own personal testimony of that. When I was a kid, my siblings and I, my dad told us, my dad told us to go and wash the car. And he said, you know, he wanted us to wash his car and do it in excellence. Well, we got out there, we, we washed the car, but then we decided we were going to wash the other car too. (laughs) And then what happened was, we got tired while we washed the other car. So we ended up doing a half job on both. <laughs> and my dad, he looked so disappointed. And I can laugh about it today, but I remember seeing that look of disappointment on his face. All he asked me to do was to do the one car and do it in excellence and do it to the best of my ability because he had something in mind and in sight that he wanted to do. And he wanted that goal carried out. But I thought I was helping him I had a better idea and I was going to do both cars and and my siblings as well but we ended up running out of steam because we were tired and we didn't execute either and playing in excellence absolutely and that that left a very distinct impression in my mind you know as a disappointment the sadness that you know clearly you could see Yes. He was going through experiencing and yes. uh, and I'm sure if we think that we can all remember whether it's one time or <laughs> many times in our lives that sure. we have not followed instructions and seen the sadness and disappointment on our, our parents' face. Yes, and that, that's just a natural example, not that it's not important to me, but if I had just done what he asked, he would have been satisfied. He would have been pleased. And that's a lesson that I've learned and and taken with me in my walk and relationship with the Lord as he's taught me that on his own. If you just do what I ask you to do, <laughs> I'll be pleased. Don't add anything to it. Don't take anything away. Just do what I asked you to do. Absolutely. But there's more to it than just saying disobedience is sin. Right? We, mm-hmm. we know that scripture tells us that very plainly. It says, he that knows what is right to do and does not do it to him, it is sin. And you see that spelled out there in Verse 23, where he says, it's as iniquity. Disobedience was as iniquity. It was as witchcraft. The sin of iniquity, or the sin, excuse me, the sin of witchcraft or divination. In each case, he says it's sin. But there's more to it than just that. And it's not 
King Saul was not the only example. Sure. We can go back to Moses. Now, when we look at Moses, like I said, or we were stating the law, the book of the law came through Moses, right? The, the law was there to teach us obedience. But the Lord has the same standard for all of us. We know Moses, yes, followed the Lord. Mm-hmm. He did. Absolutely. Did great exploits for the Lord. Yes, and he mm-hmm. said he'd been faithful in his house. That, that was the Lord's report of Moses. But Moses, also being a man, wasn't perfect. Not that that's an excuse. Sure. But the Lord addresses disobedience even in Moses' life. If we look at Numbers 20, verse 12, it says, But the Lord says to Moses and Aaron, Because you have not believed me to treat me as holy in the sight of the sons of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. And at the end of Moses' life, in Deuteronomy 32, verse 51, the Lord reminds Moses of why he's not going into the land. He states it very plainly. Because you broke faith with me mm-hmm. in the midst of the sons of Israel at the waters of Meribah Kadesh in the wilderness of Zin, because you did not treat me as holy in the midst of the sons of Israel. And if we go back to Numbers real quick, Numbers twenty twenty four, we see that the Lord's perspective on, on disobedience remains the same. Exactly what he said to King Saul, he said to Moses and Aaron. Aaron says, Aaron will be gathered to his people. He shall not enter the land which I have given to the sons of Israel because you rebelled against my command at the waters of Mirabah. But I bring all this up to bring out a, a, a key point for us all. When we look at obedience, obedience to the Lord is simply this. It is faith in action. Mm. Let me say that again. Obedience to the Lord is faith in action. Absolutely. That brings us to the conclusion of part one of obedience is faith in action. Spend time with the Lord and let him minister to you as you meditate on the word today. We will continue this message with part two of obedience is faith in action on our next podcast. Until then, God bless you and we love you. Amen. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, Take care and God bless you.